Hello, Trekkies. Welcome back to another episode of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Chris Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek so I'm not yelling at my friends and family. Today, I want to talk about Captain Archer and why I actually think he is the most reckless of the captains. More specifically, there are three factors that I think contribute to this. Now, I do want to say that I love Archer, I think he is an amazing captain, and obviously he is perhaps arguably the most important captain considering everything that he's done, namely being a pivotal member in the formation of the Federation of Planets, which is kind of a big deal. But before I get into all of that, get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiniest pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you're like Captain Archer, and strap in because things are going to get nerdy. As I said at the top of this episode, I do want to get into why I think that Captain Archer is the most reckless of the captains and the three factors that make this true. So let's get started with the first factor. The first factor that I see in contributing to his recklessness is his curiosity. I think that Captain Archer is perhaps the most curious of all the captains. And when I say curious, I don't mean odd traits like his habit of pacing around the bridge or slamming people into walls or always having iced tea with every meal. What I mean is the fact that he is naturally the most curious and has the most curiosity of all the captains. Granted, all the captains have curiosity because it's one of the defining principles of Star Trek and is one of the main reasons that the captains that we see every week do what they do because they're curious and they want to know more about the universe. But I think that Captain Archer is the most curious of all of them simply because he's the first. Everything he's seeing, everything that he's doing, everything that the Enterprise and the crew experience in that series is brand new. This is the first time that humanity has been in space in this kind of capacity. Granted, they have, you know, explored because the show does follow our own history in the sense that NASA was a thing and people were in space. So they've been doing it for a long time, but this is the first time that humanity has had the ability to go beyond our own solar system with their Warp 5 engine. So because of that, he is actually the most curious of the captains. One of the analogies I like to use when thinking about Captain Archer is to think of him as a child. And now I don't mean he's childish because, well, he's a grown-ass man and he's mature and he's captaining a ship and he has a responsibility of, you know, 80 people. But He's a child in the sense that he has the curiosity that one might think of when thinking about a child who's experiencing the world for the first time. So let's use the example of a five-year-old in a house. A five-year-old in a house wants to look at everything, touch everything, taste everything, and, you know, maybe put toys into the mouth because they want to feel what it likes to have something in their mouth. They're curious about it because they don't have the experience that we as grown-ups have to kind of know what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, as an adult, we don't look at everything and go, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, we don't see a tree in our neighborhood and go, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible tree that I've ever seen. And I, I can't believe it exists. And, you know, what is it? What does it mean? How is it made? And all this stuff. We kind of take it for granted because we've been on the planet for a long time. We know about trees. We understand what trees are. 
but to someone like a child they just might be like oh my gosh what is that big thing in the in the distance i want to go touch it i want to feel it i want to you know maybe taste some of the bark and like how is this even possible so a child is just naturally curious about everything in the entire world and everything in their house and they just are just blown away by everything that they experience on a day-to-day basis things that we take for granted because we've already seen them and so if you look at Captain Archer in that way, you get the sense that, yeah, he's kind of like a child in that everything he's seeing, he's seeing for the first time and everything's amazing. A perfect example of this is the M-class planet, which is basically just Tartrick's way of saying that this is a planet that is habitable and is very comparable to Earth in that humans can beam down and they could be fine. So in Star Trek, we're used to M-class planets. We see it all the time. Cats of Picard or Janeway or Kirk or any or Cisco or anybody in Star Trek might look at an M-class planet and go, oh, okay, cool. It's an M-class planet. Uh, there's nothing really interesting to see. Let, let's move on. But Archer is like, oh, M-class planet. Maybe there's some people down there. You know what? Let's go check it out. This is a big deal. We've never seen an M-class planet before because we've only really been to Vulcan and we've really only been to Earth, obviously, because we're on Earth and that's where they're from. So they really haven't had that experience of seeing a lot of M-class planets out there. So when they see them, it's like, all right, everybody, we got to beam down. We're going to set up our, our camping gear. We're going to check it out. We're going to do a survey. We're going to do all this stuff. It's going to be incredible. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to see an M-class planet today. And so you get the sense that, yeah, everything that he's seeing, he's seeing for the first time. And so he's just blown away by it, even to the point where we as viewers might go, well, that's not that exciting. I mean, we've already seen this before in other series. Why are they so excited about it? Yeah, Archer is kind of like a child. And you can kind of think of Picard or Janeway or any of the other captains is more adult in that they've kind of seen more things. So they're not as easily blown away because... They're not the first ones to be doing it, and people before them have already seen it, and they're more used to the idea of exploring, so not everything is blowing them away. Even if you look at Enterprise itself, DePaul is more like the adult in that she's already seen the M-Class planet. She's been to, you know, dozens of them or even more. I think at one point she said she's been to like something like 50 M-Class planets that she surveyed. So an M-Class planet to her is not really a big deal, but to Archer, it's everything is exciting so he wants to stop and see everything every m-class planet he wants to beam down to or rather take the shuttle pod down to every alien ship he wants to kind of he wants to know about he wants to communicate with them he wants to find out where they're from hear about their culture learn everything uh every time they see a comment or uh, uh an interesting star or maybe there's you know, some sort of, and I realize some sort of is a really weird phrase to use. You should go check out the video about some sort of, because that's a whole thing about Voyager. And I'm getting derailed here. But what I mean is like, anytime he sees something that might be interesting, whether it be planets or ships or uh, space phenomena, he wants to go check it out. And I mean all the time. So they will always stop, interact with the planet and the people on the planet or interact with uh, a ship or just stop and take scans of whatever they're seeing which of course makes sense because well this is like the first time and star trek is all about exploration but because it's a tv show all of these instances usually lead to some kind of drama that creates tension which well if there's no drama then well why would we watch the show what would the point of the show be but because it's a tv show every time they stop and go to a planet or they interact with an alien race it's going to cause problems. And that actually leads to my second factor. 
And the second factor is that of his righteousness. And when I say righteousness, I mean the very strong sense that there is a definite right and a definite wrong, and that Catherine Archer, as a human who is evolved, their way is the best way and their way is the right way, which, you know, is not just an Archer thing. That's every captain. Every captain is kind of self-righteous. I would say Janeway is perhaps maybe the most in that she really, you know, has a view of how things should be. Captain Kirk is a, is a close second, I'd say, if you're comparing Janeway to, to Kirk. But, but all the captains naturally have this belief that, hey, what they're doing is right. And the way of the Federation is the right way, and everybody else should try to follow that instead of doing whatever they're doing. So, you know, in TNG and uh, the original series in Voyager, they're always going to come across civilizations where they're like, you know what, we like your planet, but we don't think you should do it this way, so we're going to step in. And again, that is a common trope in Star Trek. But with Archer, I would say that's even more substantial just because this is the first time he's encountering different civilizations that have different views on how the world should function. So he's a lot more, okay, hey, this is the first time, I'm not as used to this, let's interfere. So because of that, in a lot of episodes, not only does Archer and the crew actively interfere with other cultures and really say, hey, this is what we think, we think we're right, we think you're wrong, and we're going to, you know, make some changes. Not only does Captain Archer actively interfere with other cultures, but those decisions often come back to haunt him. Now, there's a perfect example of this in the episode called Detained, and that's the one where Archer and Travis wake up in an alien prison, and they realize that, oh, that the Suliban that are actually captured here are not bad guys, but they were actually being interned by another race. And so, you know, they're not happy with it. They think, well, it's wrong, which I get it. I mean, they absolutely are in the right of thinking that uh, the the Suliban shouldn't have been interned. They're not the Suliban that are part of the Cabal. They're innocent. So yeah, they shouldn't be detained and they shouldn't be interned, which again, totally right, 100% agree. But they don't really stop and think about their actions, about what happens if they interfere. They just go right ahead sort of interfere and end up uh, breaking them out of prison, which, you know, it seems like the right thing to do. And I understand where they're coming from. Again, it makes sense. I agree with their kind of the rationale, but they don't stop to actually think about the impact that doing that will actually have. So later down the road in the episode Desert Crossing, Archer and Trip get involved in a conflict because the people in that conflict heard about their actions and detain and thought, well, these guys are great warriors. We should try to enlist them and get them to help us out because they'll see our side is the right side. And so they get involved and they have to do what they have to do. But it's a situation that could have easily been avoided had they not gotten involved and detained. Now, there's an example of this that's kind of the same thing, but is really tragic and just is something that I find completely devastating. And that's the episode called the cogenitor, and that's the one where, if you haven't seen it in a long time, Archer and crew encounter an alien race that's very friendly, they're very hospitable, they're scientists, they're super advanced, and so, yeah, the, the crew hit it off with them, but they have a third gender called the cogenitor, and the whole purpose of the cogenitor is to actually bear children for people that are looking to have kids. So their primary function, and their only function really, is to have children for other families and people that are looking to have kids. So that's kind of a pretty alien concept to us. We as Canadians, as Americans, and just you know people that live in our time, 
will see that as, you know what, that's not really the right thing to do. And, you know, there's some huge human rights issues there. And so Trip, being the viewer, is like, you know what, that's not right. I don't agree with it. So Trip does what he thinks is the right thing and tries to actively encourage the cogenitor to become, I guess you could say, a real person. I don't think that's the right term, but someone who's fully realized, who understands their rights and their values and not their values so much, but just their freedom, I guess, and to become what we consider to be a whole person. So Trip does this, and I understand where he's coming from. Again, he's making a decision that makes a lot of sense. I understand where that's coming from. I don't agree with the cogenitor being a third uh, species that's only there to have kids and basically a slave. So yeah, that's problematic. But when Trip does this, it actually causes the cogenitor to end up committing suicide by the very end of the episode, devastating not only the cogenitor because, well, the cogenitor committed suicide, but also the family that was using them to have their children. So that is a huge problem. And in the episode at the very end, Trip gets called out by Archer and Archer gives him like a crazy lecture to the point where it's like, oh, this is uncomfortable to watch. I don't love seeing Trip get yelled at, especially by Captain Archer. I'm a Trip fan, and I mean, I'll be honest, I always get uncomfortable when I see characters in Trek getting disciplined by other characters, so I'm always uncomfortable. But this episode, for me, just is very unsettling. But it's a really strong message about why it's not always good to interfere, and why allowing your own beliefs and your own values to influence how you interact with people that don't share those views can be a problem. So yeah, it's an unsettling episode, tragic ending, and it's just one that I always skip on my rewatches, because I just I feel very uncomfortable with it, even though I think the message is really strong and powerful, and it's a really well done episode, well acted, good special effects, good sci-fi stuff in it, so it has a lot of good stuff, but it's just, for me, personally, a little bit unsettling, so I don't tend to watch it, and this actually leads me to the third factor that I think exacerbates the other two factors that make those two factors so problematic, and that is that Captain Archer is just not supervised. And I don't mean he's not supervised in the sense that he's some crazy kid running around who doesn't have parents to tell him what to do, but he's unsupervised in the sense that he is the first captain. There are no other captains before him. And because of that, there is no federation. And with no federation, there are no real rules, no guidelines, and there is no prime directive. There are no rules telling him what he can and can't do. He can't look at president of the other captains, and he can't look again at the prime directive, which basically says that, hey, if you're rolling around the galaxy, you cannot interfere with other cultures. And granted, captains always break the prime directive. They always find ways of bending the rules and justifying what they're going to do. In some cases, they even say, you know what, to heck with the Prime Directive. We're not even going to think about it because I don't agree with what's going on. And that that example that I'm thinking of is the episode Justice where Wesley Crusher is about to be executed. And then Picard says, ah, you know what, let's, let's forget about the Prime Directive. Let's be Momoi and they go off. And okay, that's fine. But most of the time... The captains, when they do break the Prime Directive, do have really long, intense discussions with each other about, okay, how can we justify it? Is this the right thing to do? So they acknowledge that what they're doing is a big thing. But with Captain Archer, and there not being a Prime Directive, and there not being any other rules for him to follow, he's essentially allowed to do whatever he wants and really doesn't have to think about, 
you know, interference. And DuPaul will sometimes call him out and say, hey, Archer, are you sure this is what you want to do? We really shouldn't be interfering here. But because he's the captain, he can say, ah, you know what? I think it's okay. So essentially, he can do whatever he wants. If he comes across a civilization or a culture that doesn't do exactly what he thinks is right, then he can basically go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to interfere and there's no one telling him that he can't. And not. And again, DePaul can sometimes tell him that. The Vulcan High Command can say, we don't like Archer because he's too problematic and he's always getting into stuff. But there's no one at home saying, hey, Archer, you really can't do this. And that doesn't even just apply to him moralizing or him actively interfering with cultures. It also applies to situations where he just wants to learn about a culture and wants to observe it, but not actively interfere. Now, there's an episode called The Communicator, which I love. It's one episode I always go back to whenever I'm watching Enterprise or if I'm in the mood for an Enterprise episode. So in that episode, Archer, Hoshi, and Malcolm beam down to a pre-industrial planet. They don't have warp drive. They don't really have a lot of technology. And they don't want to interfere. So they put on the makeup and they disguise themselves as members of that race. And they try their best to not interfere, but they're still interacting with everyone there. And they're still, you know, learning about the culture that way. And so when they leave, they get back up to the ship. Everything's fine. But then Malcolm realizes that he left his communicator on the planet. So they're like, oh, man, we got to go back down to the planet. We got to go find the communicator. And of course, when they do that, they get involved in a civil war that's going on. The, The government thinks that they're part of a resistance movement and all this stuff and all this ensues but all of this ensues because archer is like you know what let's go ahead and observe this planet let's let's kind of learn about them we'll take precautions we'll be super safe but we're going to go ahead and do it but with the prime directive the prime directive would say hey you really can't be doing that if you're going to do it you have to you know go on the duck blind where you're using holographic uh, technology to keep yourselves hidden from the culture granted even if that rule was in place they couldn't have used it because they don't have the technology but the prime directive at that point would have said you know what you can't even really do it safely so just don't do it at all and just move along but with no prime directive archer is like hey yeah this seems cool let's go do it let's let's take our precautions but it'll be fine there'll be no issues with those three factors you end up having someone like Captain Archer who is very reckless because he can go where he wants when he's curious. He can interfere when he wants because he doesn't like what people are doing and he doesn't have any rules to follow and no one's saying what he can and can't do. But again, I love Archer. I think he's great. I just think he's a little reckless. But I'd be very curious to see what would happen if you were to take the other captains and put them in Enterprise. Would they be as reckless or would they kind of be more of the captains that we remember? I don't know. Just an interesting thought. But I do love Enterprise. I think it's a fantastic series and I do like Captain Archer. So I don't want you to think that I hate Archer and I think he's horrible. But what do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you think Captain Archer is the most reckless captain? Do you think those factors make him the most reckless? Or do you think there's another captain that is more reckless than Captain Archer? Let me know. I'd love to hear. Also, let me know what you think of the show. I'd love your feedback because ultimately, I do want to make the best show possible that you enjoy listening to. But before I go, I just want to say, go and watch Enterprise. Get some Chinese food because it's a lot of fun. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I'll see you out there. That away.